Welcome to the Dare to Care podcast, brought to you by HR Culture. And now here's your host, Susan Judd. Good morning and welcome to our Dare to Care podcast. My name's Susan Judd and I'm your host. I'm here with Ross Cargill, Managing Director of Men at Work. And I'm here to ask Ross five questions about his organisation and how they deal with the young workers. Uh, the, the questions I'm going to ask Ross today are what are his current challenges that he experiences with his young workers? What are the best things that they then bring as Gen Zs to the workplace? What are his expectations as an employer so that we can give our Gen Z listeners some idea of what to expect when they get to the workplace? Uh, what does he believe are the critical skills uh, that young people need when they enter his workplace? And finally, we're going to ask him about his best advice that he has for students at high school who are preparing for the world of, world of work. So to get started, I'm, I'm going to ask Ross to kind of introduce himself and tell us a little bit about his organisation, Men at Work. Over to you, Ross. Hello, Susan. How are you? Very well, uh, thanks, so I'm hijacking the interview already. <laughs> okay, so yes, um, so I'm managing director of Men at Work. So uh, we're quite a diverse business. Um, we have over 220 staff, so 20 permanent employees and employ 200 casuals or 200 plus uh, casuals. So there's three clear divisions. One is we're a labour hire company, which we recruit uh, for small business, big business. Um, waste management, uh, local government and, or, and construction, a number of different industries. Uh, we're also a traffic management company, so we have over 100 traffic controllers on it or working for us at any given time with depots in Port Macquarie and Coffs Harbour and a footprint of 50 vehicles covering from Tea Gardens to Wargulga on the mid-north coast, which is uh, a significant space when you actually look on a, on a map. Uh, so we're talking about the mid-north coast of New South Wales, yes, sorry, right? Yep. Australia. Just for yes. our other The southern our hemisphere, other yes. yes. It's a beautiful part of the world, um, very clean and very healthy place to live. So, um, yeah, so that's a different part of our business. And thirdly, we're a, reg a registered training organisation. So an RTO, so I mean, we're training and assessment. We deliver a lot of short courses. We had over 2,000 students through our doors last calendar year, back in 2019. And we're, it looks certainly like we'll hit the 3,000 mark in 2020. So it's okay. a very exciting time for um, for our RTO. Um, yeah, so quite diverse. Uh, yeah, well over 220 staff. Uh, yeah, lots of moving parts, lots of personalities, lots of fun. Um, my business partner, Kyle Bajini, his father started the business in 2001. So, yeah, we're um, growing up as a business, but there's lots of challenges through that growth along the way. Excellent. Sounds like there's a lot of moving pieces and you've got your hands kind of full with different things going on. Can you tell us a little bit about your demographic? So it's we're probably mirror society, to be honest, in terms of we've got, uh, we'd have employees as young as 16, uh, but then I I'm pretty sure our oldest worker, who's actually our longest continuing worker, is... Um, nearly 70 this year. So Ringo, um, who's a team leader with our Shout business. Shout out to Ringo. Um, he, amazing man. Actually, uh, only has one arm, so he has a hook. He lost um, his other arm uh, in a tree-felling accident when he was in his 20s. Wow. Uh, amazing story. And the story goes that um, picked up his arm that was no longer attached and bit his wedding ring um, off his finger and then went to hospital. So quite a gory story. Anyway, wow. so in terms of capability, he's the person that completes all his paperwork. 
in terms of um, managing the vehicle, managing the truck. He does it consistently. He has a hook. Um, he's the oldest member of the team, um, but meets our requirements from uh, a compliance and communicative perspective every day. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's the top end and it really does set the benchmark because, you know, the guy doesn't have a smartphone or the bloke, you couldn't, you can't use guy. Um, the bloke doesn't have a smartphone. Um, you know, he'd be just as happy heaping potatoes at Comboyne, which is a, a local area up here. Um, but, yeah, salt of the earth type of guy. But then right down to, you know, um, kids that have just left school, uh, haven't necessarily finished year 12. Um, and then in terms of, I guess, a demographic mix, um, in the office, 60% um, female to a 40% male, in spite mm -hmm. of the name men at work. And out on road with traffic control, it's the other way around, 60-40. Uh, it's something certainly we're uh, working towards a 50-50 split. It, uh, that has its challenges along the way in traditionally uh, male-dominated environments, but, yeah, we're really conscious of that. And certainly uh, our WGEA reporting is due at the end of the month, so our gender equality, and we consistently have our female staff um, I guess in the, the main cluster that we have, which is only well, those 200 are put in one data bracket, mm. is that our female staff are always 5% higher. So, yeah, I guess some significant um, facts and figures because quite often uh, we get that, oh, why don't you call the business women at work and, you know, should be for, not just for men and it's um, a name's a name. Um, and I guess anyone that, that works for us um, understands that it is just a name. And I know at one point a good friend of ours decided, yes. you know, we're engaging her to do some marketing and she rang me and said, Russ, we need to change the name. And there was crickets in the background for about 10 minutes. <laughs> we picked the mic up. Anyway, we had a, a good conversation around it. Uh, but I put that to a number of our women at the time. Um, you know, we should, should we change the name to Women at Work or a, a different name? And I got a fairly resounding no. Mm. Um, and there was a few adjectives in there. and start right. with F and then, then yes, Ross, F. Why would we do that? Um, so there's a bit of a, a, a badge of honour. But having said that, there's plenty of women that will, you know, put stickers over their men at work truck with a woman and they're very proud. So yeah, okay. um, I guess we enable those people um, as well. So anyhow, we get, I got awesome. right off on a tangent. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Ross. Okay. So let's get started with you for one of you, if the first of your five questions, which is, and we're talking about those young people that are coming into your workplace. You said you had you know, some um, even school leavers that were as young as 16 years old. So when we start to think about these younger people in our workplaces, let's go from, you know, say 16 up to 25, um, that come into your workplace, uh, what are some of the challenges that you experience with that cohort of uh, young people? Let's call them millennials. Yes. Uh, there's, I'm going to start with one of their strengths, is that they can talk about their feelings. Um, and particularly for blokes, like I have a lot of baby boomer men that I manage, colleagues um, or um, subordinate, whatever it may be, is you ask them a question about their feelings, not a chance. Yeah. They shut up. Yeah. If I ask one of my general Zs, oh, my God, it's like, well, I feel this, this, and you're like, so, so they're very aware, but it actually detracts because quite often, um, I don't know, it's hard to get them to be engaged on a task in terms of this is where we're going, this is where we want to be, and um, we need it done by X time. So, I don't know, have had struggles in terms of just, I think sometimes it's maturity, but sometimes it's just being, I don't know, goal-orientated or, or realising that their effort is part of a bigger picture and they've got to close out. Um, you know, their job 
mm. um, before knocking off at the end of the day. So okay, so is it is it around productivity? Is it is it around task? Is it? I think I don't know. It's a difficult one to put a, a finger on I'm because just there understanding is understanding the workplace. Yeah, and, and, and quite a dynamic workplace. Um, is that I don't know. Maybe a lack of attention or attention span mm. is that. Sometimes you've got a job and you've got to get in and get it done. Um, and particularly, you know, device um, distraction. Yeah. There's okay. hashtag dis device distraction. distraction. It's you a were. huge one. And I guess in our industry, particularly in traffic control, and there's been huge changes in the laws with, with driving with phones um, in New South Wales, anyhow, in the last couple of months. But it is a huge concern for our staff on the road, is the number of people looking at their phones while they're driving. But it's the same thing when people are working. So let's um, just draw a picture. Hang on a minute. So we're we're talking about your. Let's talk about your uh, traffic controllers. Traffic right? controllers. Yep. So they're out there. They've got their they've got their um, stop go signs. They've yep. got all of their witches hats out. Yep. Uh, they maybe have some lights there. Yep. You know, um, helping them control the traffic. And the challenge is not them on their phones. The challenge for them is the drivers well, it's both. on their phones. It's okay. Both. And this is particularly so interesting. Part one, drivers. Yeah. yeah. You if you if that was your husband, wife, son, daughter, mother, father standing there on the side of the road and you've seen someone driving past on your phone on their phone and not yeah. watching, because they'll go past, they won't even see you. And we've had we've had near misses that are horrendous. Um touch wood. For your staff. For our staff. Yeah. So and they see it. And it's we ask them over and over again, what's the biggest concern? People on their phones. Wow. Having said that, for the team leaders, mm. and we've just done some um, some semi-structured stuff with a lot of our team leaders around engagement, mm. and their biggest struggle with new workers coming into the workforce or coming into industry, our industry, is being on the bloody phone. It's like, put it in your tucker box, sorry, <laughs> esky, whatever it is, but put it, put it away. You can't do two things at once, particularly controlling traffic, is that you've got a radio that you need to communicate with the person at the other end and the people in the work environment, in the work site. Yeah. Um, you've got to stop slow that, that you're using to communicate with the public. You don't need a phone. That's three things to be yeah. doing at once. Yeah. Now, as a man, I know I can only do one. <laughs> I have this struggle. I don't know, as I get older, I seem to struggle with it more. Yeah, um, I think it's something, that whole mobile device distraction is something I've heard resoundingly from employers for years uh, that and and I think it's getting more challenging believe it or not because you've got a whole you've got a whole uh, workforce that needs to be attentive to their job yeah. right they're not sitting the majority of your workforce are not sitting in an office mm. they're out on the road um, they're dealing with danger mm and safety issues all day mm. and so that whole distraction of I've taken my kind of eye off the ball yeah. just to check if I've got a message or my mate snapchat chatted yep. me or whatever. and it's not that it's it's what's on the device yeah and there's so many forms of communication and um, I think this generation is much more au fait with that and they mm. communicate through that but that in itself can be a challenge. And I think, you know, I've had this discussion with many people. When I was scheduling, which is now probably 10 years ago, you pick the phone up and you ring people. Yeah. Tom, you're going to this place, but such and such, you know, this is the gear you need, meet there at 7.30, you're going to pick Bill up on the way or Jill up on the way and you go there. Now, it is a text message and people don't even respond. If you ring, I've had staff and you're like, don't answer the phone. Yeah. Send them a text, yep, no worries, I'll be there. You're like, oh, my God. This, yeah. So this 
it's almost, and I wouldn't say seismic change, but it's a change in communication styles. And this generation wants to see it in front of them, you know, in detail. So it's not a text message where, you know, how are you, HRU? It's a be here at such and such a time. It ends up being a novel, um, which is quite time consuming, so what, but it's very, it's effective because it's, it's sent, it's recorded. So we can get, if they don't turn up or if they, you know, something goes wrong, you're hang on. Here's the communication piece. It's a text message, but it's trying to manage that. And um, there's a significant challenge. Conversely, um, and on the back of some work I did with you last year, Susan, we, I have a, a weekly broadcast that goes out to my staff on WhatsApp. It's a video that's recorded usually on a, a Sunday afternoon. It goes for about five minutes, and it's just weekly what's on. Yeah. Um, because we've got people across or in two offices and across a wide footprint with people training on site or people working off, on and off site is that the last people to get on board were the baby boomers to the fact that I was in the car with one of them. I'm like, give me a bloody phone, download WhatsApp, add to the group, upload video, and that way that they can see it. Yeah. But that has now become part of the week. And if I forget to upload it on Monday morning, first thing, I get to work. They're like, where was the video? I didn't have my morning coffee. And you're right. like, oh, my God. So there's this communication piece. And it's, it's quite confronting, like anyone that's... To, being in front of a video camera is, and I only realised this, so you're like, oh, my God, they can see my nose hairs. Like, <laughs> the camera the wrong way. And we need to know. Arvo, mate, sometimes things aren't, you know, yeah. it's been a big Saturday night. You're just like, oh, <laughs> hair and makeup, you know. But <laughs> it's very authentic. And it's a, good way, it's a good way of communicating. But, um, yeah, it's about that awareness for, you know, from an AI perspective. Is that mm. Some people, I don't know, it's that they have structure around it, you know, meeting some of the scarf components and that, right, this is, I know where we're going this week. I know why Ross is off on this tangent. And, you know, this morning's, um, and we'll date, this will date, the, the recording was, you know, to, it was all about IT viruses and the bloody coronavirus. But yeah. there was two minutes on, like, this is what we need to do as a business that performs many functions. This is what you need to do as an em employee. But, you know, as a trainer, you need to do this. And as a member of the Metabolic team, we need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, that is then, I guess it's an awareness building for them. But then beyond that is that there's, a, you know, when they see that first thing, they go, oh, I already know about this. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting to try and move to that platform. And I've got good friends that run businesses of, you know, 30-odd people. Um, they're in roof reconstruction. And that's how they run a lot of their businesses. Com is the, you know... If they see an issue, they take a photo and then everyone's aware. So there's, there's some great strength in it, but it's trying to cut through and make sure it's effective. And so it's not, not consume, all consuming. So it sounds like what you've actually been pretty good at doing is bringing people together through a particular digital, digital communication yes. piece yep. that has probably become or come onto your radar thanks to the younger generation. Yep but it's now engaging the whole cohort. Yes. And they're actually really in... So some of the older cohorts, yeah. like the Baby Boomers and the Gen Xs, are really yes. quite owning it and enjoying it. Yeah, but it's, trying to, it. it's then trying to stay ahead. And I've got um, a nearly 12 and nearly 14-year-old. So TikTok is this oh, big wow. thing, yeah. right? You know, mm -hmm. And because and I've explained it to a 25-year-old and they're like, you what? So there's, you know, it's, it's growing. Yes. But is that... You know, the, I think Gen Z doesn't seem to be on Facebook um, as much. Not as much because mum and dad are there. Yeah, who wants to? Yeah, you know, and so it's Instagram accounts, but then there's private accounts mum and dad can't see. Yes. Um, you know, there's 
that communication tool is is totally different. I know in our marketing comms is that you know we're doing a lot of stories, so particularly in Instagram, and the hit through rate's amazing. You're like, yeah. oh no, you've, but we've got a split second. So yes. how do you make you know how do you make a first aid course look attractive in someone's story when you've got you know hot guy that's chiselled or hot chips, <laughs> you know, or look at I've had a baby or whatever it might be, but there's this you know this you're trying to cut through in a different market than you traditionally have. Yes, and can I say, just to, you know, share something that happened for me last week, I was in front of a group of Generation Zs, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, and they really became engaged in the content of what we were talking about when I told them a story about another 17-year-old, hmm. um, an experience that I'd had with somebody who was just like them hmm. um, and had struggled in a certain situation, so um, so and they, so that idea, and we've all heard that younger the younger generations buy into stories yes. and stories about other people that they can really yeah. relate to, and the whole audience was wrapped like mm. like concentrating and engaged and wanted to know what happened to this particular. Um, in this particular story, so do you uh, think it's is there things that are so that technologies move so fast? Um, you know, like I can remember when, and, and I'm not old, but you know, before there was a zero, the phone numbers were six numbers long, and there was an STD call to get out of an area, and if you spoke for any longer than a half an hour, you got bill more money. You know, so but there's some things and. We'll talk about, and particularly if I talk about with the baby boomers, I remember this, and then they'll bring stuff up from like before I was born in the you know, 60s or 70s. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But which, the, is our, which is that cohort now, that yeah. Gen Z cohort now. You talk about six digits, phone numbers and an STD call, yeah. and they don't actually know. Let's just step back a bit and they look at, the, look at those, uh, you know, hard landline mm. telephones and go, what is that? Yeah, like if, if I see... 6'6", six, six, oh, it's cops or north. Yeah. They don't even look, you know, back in... They, they, they're not where... They're, so they're not seeing some probably... Everything's mobile. Yes, yeah, some subliminal or, I don't know, some some things that would give an idea of where they might be coming from. Mm. Having said that, they're so much more au okay, um with that digital world. Like, I'm, there's a lot of talk around TikTok and I've, I'm like, oh, God, how bad is this? But with, you know, two nearly teenagers dealing mm. with it, you're like, is that... They can spot things that you or I won't spot. They'll go, hang on, that, that username isn't right. Yes, it'll, yes, you know, It'll yes. stick out, whereas yes. you and I will be like, oh, I don't even know what we're looking at. That's so. correct. So that actually is a probably a good space to say, okay, we've talked about your challenges. Mm. Yes, digital, um, communi different communication styles and this ability to understand that the day needs to get things done. Mm. That was kind of a summary of yeah. what you talked about. Yeah, yeah. Would that be fair to yeah. say? Okay, so let's move on to question two, which is because we've, you've sort of started to touch on it already is the best things that they bring to your workplace. Generation Z, so these 16 to 25-year-olds, let's say, mm. what are the best things? You've already started talking about their digital savviness. Oh, and that is amazing, to be honest. Mm. Um Particularly with the with the with the platform based or the app based communications, yeah. um, but makes me think it's a strength and a weakness though too, doesn't it? Because it then you've got that whole put it down. It's not the right time. Exactly. So that understanding and judgment around when is the right time. Yeah. But 
they, they are more self-aware, as I think I alluded to at the beginning. And that's, you know, I've had the conversation um, with a number of Gen Z guys, blokes in particular, and some of the... I'm going all over the place. Fine. I apologise. That's but, fine. You know, some of the weaknesses is that just getting some um, basic resilience into their days. Mm-hmm. So they weren't... They're coming in not... And I think it may be an age thing. It's like it's payday going by decent protein-based breakfast, get that into you. Don't rely on a can of Red Bull to get through the day. Yeah. Um, but build some of those things in to them to help with resilience. But I think there's a strength there because you can have that. You can influence them quite easily. And I think that's probably a... It comes back to an age thing, but they are ready to listen. Mm. And as long as you engage them on their feelings first and make sure they're feeling all right and trust and then come through with... A, an evidence-based story or an age bracket-based yeah. story. Yeah. Hey, my niece did this. Not oh, when I did this in nineteen ninety-seven. Yeah, like, great, great piss drinking story, Ross. But got no idea what you're talking about. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, so there's a bit of a leadership. They don't buy it, do they? <clears throat> no, and they don't then, buy it. So there's a bit of that, like a charismatic leadership style, where you can get some buy-in, but then quite often that's just you've missed it. So it's about breaking it down. And go, well, how does that work in your space, and what does that look like for you? And I think there's a because of and maybe we've had a lot of generations of, of pretty good times, to be honest. Um, if you think back, maybe, say, the early 90s when we had last big recession, mm. is that, like, one of the conversation pieces for the last two months from one of my Gen Zs is, like, have you seen about this coronavirus? Have you seen about this coronavirus? I'm like, man, and obviously we're dealing with it as, as, as we, we speak. speak. I don't yeah. want to downplay it, but it, it is, you know, front and centre. Mm. So I'm not sure what that person's worldview is yeah, and whether it's a life experience thing that they're like, this is coming, this is coming, oh, it's big, it's big, it's big. Mm. But um, is that they're so much more global and so much more aware of those things. And the others, they're so diverse in their geography friendship, although mm. that's not even a term. Glo- Another new term. But they, <laughs> but they are, they're connected globally. We they are, oh, it's phenomenal. It. So you know? it's amazing. They've got friends all over the world. Mm. Um, and they're finding out stories instantaneously via social media. Yeah. Um, and so staying up to date with what's happening all over the world, it's interesting because we were talking about that. My husband and I were talking about that just yesterday. Um, you know, if this had have happened when we were kids or when we were young teenagers, um, you know, you had the TV, the news that came on once a day. Mm. Uh, you had maybe a story, some stories on the radio. But other than that, oh. and the newspaper every day, and so the things that are happening so quickly and we're getting update after update after yeah. update, live time, real time, um, back 30, 40 years ago, you just got one update a, a day yeah. pretty much. And exactly. it was lag time. You know, that was a lag time of information. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's And I think that's changed. where, and there was, um, like there was an incident in the media up here in the last two weeks with some sporting players and school children um, it, that was around social media before mainstream media was aware. Yeah. So, you know, if you were, if you were a, in year 12 in Port Macquarie at any school, you knew before the world the knew. The world knew or the parents knew. Or the parents yeah. knew. And so then when or it goes... Or indeed any high school any, student. Yes, pretty much. And is that so they're aware. So it's not news when it gets them news, but then the media jumps on the bandwagon and belts the crap out of it. Yeah. And, by, you know, and and does what it does. And I'm not going to judge nor anything around that, but that is the perfect example where, you know, these they're so aware and someone will know in another country about it. 
before before the general public. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So there's there's strengths there, and I, like I've got nieces, two nieces that are now at uni, and they're what well, ones at Wodonga and ones at Armadale. So it's huge, but they've got their friendship base just from going through school is huge. I didn't meet anyone until I left school. Well, yeah. you know, there was 400 kids at my school in a small country. And that was it. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You, you run a couple of your best mates and you had to borrow the phone, you know, yes. and take the extension cord on the phone. <laughs> <coughs> you know, yeah. like, but now there's this instant, but that instant gratification is really hard to manage too. Yeah. So they, they can turn stuff around sometimes, but it's like, you know what, this is going to be, it's a long process to get to where we're going to be you're not going to get that result you're mm. not going to know the answer straight away so mm. okay so there's some strengths and some challenges or opportunities there as well you know talked about their yes their digital savviness their ability to communicate which is interesting because their ability to communicate and this they're they're aware of things much sooner than the general population that can also be a challenge mm. as well, you know. Um, so these these are some of the best things that they can bring to your, your workplace, their self-awareness, their ability to work about, talk about your fe their mm. feelings that you brought up very at the very beginning of our conversation. Okay, so let's talk about your expectations of Gen Z or young people coming into your workforce as an employer. What are some of the things you expect of them? Turn up and do the job. Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a, this you're not is the a, first. You're not the first employer I've heard say that. By the way, oh, to, you know, like we in our environments is be on time, which be, is what, which is looks like what. Oh, any it can be the side of the road, it can be a sawmill, it can be a waste disposal facility, and, and bearing in mind, a lot of these are entry level jobs. So mm. this might be where at eighteen you go and sort rubbish for two years while you work out what you do, but you're going to make thirty odd bucks an hour while yeah. you do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so what time is a regular start time for some of your people? Oh, all hours of the day. We do a lot of night work as well. But I guess if you've got if we're starting for in traffic for a client at seven AM, we'll need to be there at six thirty. Yeah. So and if that might be an hour travel regionally. So that yeah. means you're leaving home at five thirty. That means you've got to be up at five. Yeah. Then you know a lot of our process in um, construction, those type of environments is a seven a.m. start. Some is a six a.m. So six a.m. start. It's about turning up and being ready to go. But it's the same even with office staff. If, if you've got an eight start, be there. But this isn't a generational thing. There's some people do it and some people yeah, don't. And yeah, I think any employer yeah. would probably be nodding. Some would be sitting in the corner sucking their thumb in the fetal position. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it's a good opportunity for us to for us to inform anybody listening who is of that younger cohort or mum and dad if they're mm. listening that this is really an important part of going into the yeah. workplace because you know what is there's this and everyone and i don't want to use entitled as a word because i hate it but mm. everyone um workers have a lot more rights than perhaps a generation ago and certainly two generations ago but we've seen that there seems to be a genuine forgetting that there's responsibility with that yeah and is that just turn up and do the job. And and this is, and I guess, don't necessarily have a chip on our shoulder, but with a business called Men at Work, is that are you discriminative? No, don't care. Just turn up and do the job. Don't care if you're a transgender pigeon. Mm. If, if if we need to put you with all the pigeons, don't care where you come from, what you're doing, just turn up and do the job. Yeah, so we're uh, and inclusive. If we need to, and we're inclusive. If we need to help you, then let us know. And if someone is having a crack at you, you need to let us know as well. Yeah, okay. But we can't. Can, you know, we can't control what we don't know, yeah. but just turn up and be positive, I guess, in that interaction. And there's a lot of people that do it really well. So, yeah. But it is that 
yeah, be reliable. Yeah. And and having that, particularly having worked in recruitment for 15 years, mm. and I think actually I had a question from someone um, I was having lunch at um, a pub yesterday lunch on. Um, I'm running to a, a lady I know and we're trying to get her son to work um, at an event that's now been postponed. She's like, oh, was the event? I'm like, no, it's been postponed. Oh, you know, he was really excited and it's like, yeah, and I remember having a conversation with her. What do you want? It's like, be there on time. Yeah. Turn up ready to work and just get those basics right when mm. you're 19. You know, yeah. there's, there's things you're going to learn about getting email edi etiquette correct. There's yeah. things you're going to learn um, about interacting with work or with colleagues. But just get some of those basics right. Mm. Get, get, there, get there on time. Be ready to do the work for a the period, yeah, period of your shift. Time, yeah. The period of your shift, whether that's six hours or eight hours yeah. or ten hours, whatever it is, you need yeah. to work the whole time. Yes. And I guess, yeah. you know, the other thing is because we've got to move because some of our other roles are very dynamic and there's not necessarily a, like our schedulers. So. Yeah. And, and you've experienced that. We, were, we had everyone in a, in a workshop. Yeah. We got a phone call. There was either a fire or a burst word or water main or whatever it was. And you're like, how long is that going to take to organise? And we're like, how long is a piece of string? Yeah. Sometimes you can make two phone calls and we'll have it sorted. Sometimes you can make 20. But in an intrusive environment where you're phone with you 24-7 and you're responding to call outs, you're, you're dealing with issues, is that it's about being responsive. So there isn't mm. that. And this is, I think, we, we employ in very traditional environments, whether that's nine to five or seven to four, whatever it might be. <clears throat> but um, is that if you're working in the new era where you might be remote or there's your, your on call, is be responsive and don't yeah. and deal with it as it comes to hand. You know, don't, don't send a passive email or text message to resolve an issue. Pick up the phone and go, this is what's happening. Can we fix it? Okay, Cause so too have much a conversation. Comms. Yeah, have a conversation because too much comms and we're, we're getting on to the next bit. So not a digital conversation, a voice-to-voice -voice conversation. Yes. Right. Well, and here's the thing. I'm going to skip because what are the critical skills that young people are in trouble? I'm not finished. I want to ask you one more question. Because you're a safety-conscious workplace, your expectations, I'm guessing, and you can tell me about this, are that people wear PPE? Is that yes. right? Do you have PPE that is that yes. that people have to wear? Yes. Because I've heard from other employers who I haven't yet interviewed that getting young people and get having them understand the importance of wearing their PPE mm. is mm. is critical. I think it, you know it could just be a struggle that you you're that used to you don't acknowledge. Yeah. So it's a bit like having a teenager and saying, can you pick up your towel? You yeah. just keep saying it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And PPE is something across the board where, so personal protective equipment, and that varies from site to site. So mm. in just about every job we have, um, steel cap boots or safety boots, right? Yeah. So have those. Have long trousers, if that's what we say, which I would say 95% is now, and a long sleeve shirt. And pretty much a fair percentage of that is, is either provided if you're entering the workforce, there is plenty of programs that assist with providing that. But mm. yeah, like you can you can kit yourself out fairly readily to, to go to any job. Um, but then it is wearing if it's ear protection, eye protection, head protection, a hard hat, a broad rimmed hat. But is that constant? You need to wear this, mm. um, and you and you need to wear that on the way to work. And I had oh, a Gen X, maybe it could be a late Gen Y. Yeah. You know, 
consistently rocking up to site, ready to do night shifts where our staff have to wear white overalls or there's pants and a top, but they're mm. white with reflective. Yeah. Um, got the overalls wrapped on and wrapped around, but then just the tank top in a male-dominated environment and, you know, a fairly attractive lady, it's like, would you stop doing that? Yeah. We need right. you to turn up in a professional, and we're not talking yeah. a suit and tie, but you turn up in the gear you're given. Yeah. So it's a long, you know, if it means you have a day shirt underneath that you wear and then when the, the sun goes down, you you change, then do so. And there, there's challenges there along the way and we have to work with our staff and I've had that issue in the past. Mm. Um, but is turn up and wear it. And particularly, you're wearing it for a reason. Um well, it's to keep you safe, safe yes. and it's to keep your workmates safe mm. and it's to um, keep the, if you're doing night traffic control or something mm. like that, it's to keep other people exactly. safe from harming you, yes. right? And uh, we get, I've had, actually, it was, um, I remember talking to our accountant about last year, um, our strategic planning document and had done presentation to a number of stakeholders and he's like, you don't mention safety. I'm like, oh. We don't, but it is the heart of everything we do. So risk mitigation, that risk assessment process is that it's, you know, you, the first, before you work for a minute work, the first thing you do is an induction before you're interviewed. So we need to know that you understand this is the environment you can could be going into. And then it's built in daily, particularly in traffic, here's the risk assessment. So there's this, you know, there's risk mitigation and, and it's an evolving environment, understanding, identifying risks, mm. um, you know, Ideally, and particularly now, it is all about um, removing those where possible. But I always use the adage that um, if you've got something in the oven, just because you've got the oven mitt on, doesn't mean you can't get burnt when you go in to get the roast out. True enough. And so you don't go flailing your hand around in the oven because sure as shit, you'll burn yourself. Do you know what I mean? So there's just that, yes, these are the clothes you wear, but it's not going to, it, it's going to help prevent injury or accident yeah doesn't you make you invincible no you still have to be able to get out of the way yeah okay now, now. thank yes. you drum roll <laughs> let you go on and talk about what you believe are the critical skills that people need to be prepared for and bring and start to build now to come into the modern workplace communication communication and okay. Be, be, be able to have a face-to-face -face conversation is critical and be able to be able to do that effectively. And I think we just, I can't remember, we've discussed this previously around mm. EI, emotional intelligence, and that capability to have authentic conversations. Yes. And I think there's an, an opportunity um, as a father to raise children, to give them some of those skills as they go. Um, but communication is so diverse, and this is where, you know, back to the WhatsApp scenario or the text message or whatever the platform is, is that it's then getting multi-generations to communicate effectively. And um, we did some work around one percenters or the things that make us good as a business last year, and one of them was good communication. And I, the only word I changed out of, I think it was 10 dot points that we have on mousepads now, that the, the team has come up with, was I had exemplary communication. Right. So as a business, we communicate on so many levels. So, and I, to I think give we you, need to talk about it, unpack it a bit, because when, give I, when I hear the word communication, I like, that is so massive. And so for, that is how a piece of information or informations, plural, I don't, I don't know if you can pluralise information. A, <laughs> well, it is now. There's three. 
But lots of information. Lots of information. <laughs> and his hands going everywhere. <laughs> Uh, Maybe we should be videoing oh, our podcast. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> if we had night ones, it'd look like we'd see it from space. Anyhow, so <laughs> so let's um, let's. I'll, I'll give you an example where we have we had nightworks last night with one of our clients on a major arterial arterial, arterial road. So this is the energy supplier. It bordered on a local government road and a state government road. We needed. We're working at night, um, so we needed other other devices that we don't normally have. So first things first, we needed to communicate with the state government body to get an occupancy licence to put signs on the Oxley Highway. Mm -hmm. So that's a web-based um, system called Oplink where you upload a plan of what you're going to do, the times and the dates, this is a section of the road. So there's there's a critical piece of information. But first, we, we needed to get that information from our client where the power poles were. So they'd sent in a document that we have to fill out and we quote. So in that quote, we need a day maker. So they're the big lights that go over our traffic controllers. So you have a traffic controller at night, there has to be light over them. We can't yes. have them stand in the dark. Yeah. So we needed three of those. Yeah. So before we even looked at doing a job, we had to provide a quote on getting the road occupancy license, license, drawing the um, traffic control guidance scheme or plan and Estimate that we need four people for eight hours, three traffic, uh, three day makers. So there's the first bit of information before we even need to, to do anything. Yeah. Before so that, so scheduler, right? schedulers, email and client, um, drawing plan, which is a communication piece in itself, um, and then putting that up to Oplink just so we can work. Then we've got to get the crews. Right. Yep. And we need to communicate internally. So there's an email going around, so everyone knows what's going on. And then we need to communicate that with the teams, get two team leaders. So that's a text message out. This is where you're going to be. This is the job, da, 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 da. You need night whites, you need to be there. That needs to be confirmed that they're all going. And then we need to go to the client. Yes, this is who we're going to have on site. And that. So at some point in there, I'm hoping somebody's picked up the phone. Because I can tell you, the heads up we got was a phone call from the client. We're going to have this, but we'll, we will send through the information. Now, 10 years ago, there was two phone calls. Yeah. Client rung up, we're doing this. Yep, no worries. And, and we would have had to submit similar information. Yeah. But there wouldn't have been so much recording of communication in written form. Mm. And that can be a PDF, that can be um, a, a web-based, you know, platform. Yeah. And then you've then got to talk to your staff around yeah. that. You had some emails in there, yeah. and some text messaging in there. So yeah. the multiple modes... Of communication. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And then, but at some point, like we had, um, I won't go into the details, we had an incident on Friday morning. Um, everyone was okay, but we had to deal with it. And it was on phones. We're not, we're not this is, there'll be writing later on, but we need to deal with this straight away. Yes. Three or four people on phones. It was only those four of us in the car together. And we got out at, um, couldn't get out, oh, Maccas, of course, coffee. Was crap, but you know, it was it was a big day. So on the and and so there's two or three of us on the phone, which but organising it to two or three other people. So at some point you've got to go. You know what? We need to make this happen, and we need to pick up the phone. Yeah. Now, now considering communication on that side as well is that we would have had radio comms mm. um, on site on UHF. Now, quite often our guys or girls will work across two because if it's a big site, there will be site comms on one channel, and then yeah. our guys will use another channel to communicate about what's going on traffic. But if there's an incident, like it, and we have, we've had it and it occurs, unfortunately, where a car goes through when it shouldn't, you need to let everyone know there's a car on site that shouldn't be there. Right, and you have a very short space of time to like do that. it, right? Yeah. 
So so, the, so communication is so huge yeah. and it's about actually identifying what mode of communication mode yeah, is the right is way. Is the right one to yeah, use no, at this method. point in time, yeah. method, because it might, you might be doing two or three, but have this experience from a, a salesperson with, um, locally, um, which we're looking at a new forklift for our COFS facility, and so, great salesperson, hit send on the email, and about two, you, the email won't have been in your box, and you go, have you got my email on the phone? And you're <laughs> like, my God, yes, I've got it. I haven't even had time to think about it, but really good sales technique, you know, yeah. and, and just... That traditional, uh, you, know, so, you know, salesman from the eighties, nineties, you know, on the road, of the style relationship. Which, yeah, yeah. Um, really good at it, but I guess having done it myself, is you can see what's coming. So, you, if you need to put it out from a a, pur or a purchaser's perspective, you go, "Yep, got it. No worries. We'll we'll come back to you." But is that knowing how quickly or to get a response? And if someone, if you've sent the crews out by a text, and three have come back and one hasn't, as well. Are they in the shower? Are they asleep? Because they did night shift last night. But mm. identifying, hey, I haven't heard from um, Jill yet. Jill, you're going to be there tonight. Yeah. Because the last thing you want is a client trying to get on the road and you're down on traffic control. So. Yes. Okay. So let's circle back around because when we first started talking about these critical skills, you talked about communication and we've talked about all sorts of different modes and methods of communication. The other thing that you've talked about without actually saying it out loud is to be flexible and agile mm. to uh, to whatever the business needs and be prepared to be able to move yes. and go to wherever we need you. That dynamic capability, yeah. which I mean dynamic capability can be used from a business sense. Um, and it actually, and that for me, that term for me stems back to I did a, a systems thinking course through uni. That was the had internal, external feedback loops, the cold learning cycle. So, which is, you know, very much now the ISO continuous improvement model is mm. around that, um, that we think in circles and we get better and we improve. But dynamic capability is internal to a team and it's capability to respond when something changes. But that's something we now need of the individual is that when there's a change in the environment, their ability to turn and change quickly will set them apart from others. And so gone away, and we have these roles, you can still go and just sort rubbish, okay? And that's good money, valid career path, and you can work your way up through through an industry. And, and I've seen it occur. Um, but particularly internally, I guess, for our permanent staff, is that you've got to be able to, yeah, run with it. And when yeah. it changes, just, I mean, I, probably the one of the glaring um, examples for us was during the fires late, late last year, so while a lot of other businesses were hit badly, we had to respond accordingly. We, you know, we shut You're down. You're in the cleanup process. Well, and even, we were just process. in the closing roads during, yeah. you know, critical points in time and then where there was, you know, people in threat state on multi-levels. You know, we had people who had come out of one locality. We had the interchange shut down at Tari. They come out to get milk and they couldn't get back in for 24 hours. Mm. But our people are there on 24-7 shift for weeks on end with different, you know, road closure points. And as you know, and anyone, I guess, locally here knows, we didn't cop it as bad as a lot of others later in the summer, but mm. is that it was a changing thing by the hour. Yes. Um, and I remember we had uh, three, probably three of our best op staff, all op staff, um, we were standing um, out of the Frogs Road interchange near Sandcrocks, and we were actually managing a roundabout, 
it must it would look really bad because everything I've spoken about being annoying about being on phones is that like I've worked with these guys for a long time and their capability to organise something it amazes me. But we spent hours on telephones just mm. managing what was going on, but it would change at the drop of a hat. Mm. And you could get an injured worker or you could get someone sick or you know, we ended up with two people stuck with nowhere to stay for a night. So we're trying to organise places for them to sleep. Yeah. But, you know, so and that's you know, that's worst case scenario. But mm. that capability to respond mm. is not everybody has that dynamic capability. Mm. And I don't I I'm not sure if it can be learned, to be honest. Um, just having watched a number of operational people. Mm. You know, over, over my time. Um, so people can improve, but there's some people just have a capability to look at or to deal with a multi-perspective issue and, and resolve it or come out with an outcome that's effective for everyone. So that's really valuable in your workplace. Yes. Okay. And that's, you know, that, that's not, yeah, we're one workplace. Awesome. Okay, so finally. Final question. Final question. Who's your favourite? What's your best advice? <laughs> well, I know I'm your favourite. So <laughs> there you best go. Advice. You heard it here first. Uh, best advice. What is, what is some of the best advice that you could give students, high school students or young people who are already in our workplaces, the sorts of um, preparations that they can make to hit the workforce? Look busy. Look busy. <laughs> Sorry. Don't I've sorry. used it, no, and you know what? I remember um, one of my first gigs or roles um, was I was working the bar at uni, and having grown up on a family farm, I'd always sort of pretty much worked from the dad. Actually, no, the first one I was working in a shearing shed. I just left school, um, and one of the shearers at a chore for my dad was in his shed. I think there was three or four stands, and I was rouseabouting, and I would have been I don't know seventeen, mm-hmm. and I, I was sweeping up around, and he said. He said, Roscoe, have you ever worked for anyone but your dad? I went, nah. He said, always look busy. And it's because you never know which who's watching. Um, and I, I think one of the things from a, a business that's in the public eye so often is look busy. Mm. Because... I think it's great advice. Yeah. Just between you and me and the listeners. Yeah. I think looking busy, it gives the impression to people who are looking at you mm. that you're productive, yes. that you're engaged and that you're well representing the business well mm. but I, I think probably because i would I, ideally they're talking to their team leader or their yeah. supervisor and saying yeah. what do you need yes what what, and what and do you need if you, can't, next? if you don't have and ask questions as opposed to just killing time yeah. looking busy i think ask questions and be and critique don't be critical critique mm. and i think that's one thing i know we've tried to i try to meld into my team is don't have an issue and go, oh, you did it wrong. Go, it could have been done better and this is how I would have improved the situation. Mm. Is that to critique is, you know, ethically more sound. And I think it's one of the great weaknesses in this age where we have so many forms of communication. And I think I've said this to you before, Susan, is never have we had the capability to communicate so effectively and we've done it so bloody poorly. Like, and it's just, you know, even around, like, look at the bloody toilet paper issue, you know, is that at some point either social media or mass media has gone, rah, and I, mean, I didn't wait, I didn't realise it was a thing until there was no toilet paper at the shelves. Like, I went, oh, I was too busy, you know. It's like communicating. Communicating. With your team. Like, what is going on, you know, is that we just shit at it sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, that, that capability to communicate and be critical, but not or not 
not criticise. Yeah. Um, it's ethically sound, but some of those skill set, and it's such a broad thing to say, but mm. is that if you can go, I'm not busy, to your team leader or whoever it is, hey, or it might be a colleague, you under the pump because I've finished my work, maybe I can help you tie that off. Yeah, absolutely. So being aware of what's going on yeah. and making sure you're pulling your weight and you are indeed using your initiative mm. to go and ask your supervisor what's next. Because I, 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 I think I'm finished over here. Yes. Um, I, I've finished what you sent me, so who yeah. else can I help? Yeah. That and whole... have the output. Don't look busy. Like, I mean, I know you say look busy, be bu uh, yeah, look busy, yes, <laughs> yeah. but be busy as well. Yes. And if you're not working on anything and just, you know, you need to go and find out what's next. Mm. Certainly from a young person's perspective who is new to a workplace, it's something that's really valuable yeah. to employers. Um, I think, you know, you've, you've, you've kind of... You've kind of talked about a whole car, a few different things in this particular question, and one of the things you uh, brought up was the the um, the current issue of the toilet paper, mm -hmm. right? And I know that now we're you know our listeners will know when we're recording this, and and that's fine, you know, where it's it's kind of week 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 one, are we at ground? We're kind knows? of week one or week two from an Australian perspective, but we've just spent a week watching people fight over toilet paper and still there's none in the shops um, to buy. Um, and this, for me, uh, you talked about uh, in, one of our, in one of our questions, you were talking about having authentic and genuine conversa conversations and you've brought up emotional intelligence um, a, a couple of times mm -hmm. while we've been talking today. And I think, you know, this is, this is a, a, a real example, a real world example of when we're all kind of in threat state mm -hmm. Um, so we're not making the best decisions. No. We're not making, um, we're not necessarily being as creative as we can be and innovative as we can be. Um, and how do we, you know, and we, we need to be aware of that and say, well, okay, I know I'm maybe not bringing my best self to work or mm. to my family right now and we need to be, I guess, conscious of that there's people but suffering around us. And that's, I think we've, I think a lot of Australians in particular in the last six months, have been in threat state at some point. Mm. And I, I've seen it firsthand in some pretty, yeah. you know, people dealing with drought and fire and, you know, loss of income, loss yeah. of, like, you just... we've of homes. Yeah, we've probably all seen, and, and I don't... Yeah. The people I know would be no, neither worse off nor better off than, than anyone else. Yeah. But is that the, the current hysteria that was sort of put up was not based on any need to be in the threat state that we were or that would have been, you know, that we'd all experienced. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things that is really important, I know we discussed this at lunch um, about a fortnight ago, was having like a daily tool set or a, a daily checklist that you mm -hmm. do. Um, and I'll talk about another Susan, who's my finance manager, used to come in like, what's wrong with you, sewage? Oh, something like that. And I said, have you reconciled the bank account yet? No, so she'll go and reconcile the bank account. Now zero does it for her, so she can't. She just goes and presses the button. It's not the same, but there was a daily task that put her back on track for the day. Mm. And I think this is one thing, and I know, um, I think we're, we're talking about with Jane, with one of her staff, was around having like a checklist. Shout and out to Jane Hilston, marketing guru extraordinaire. Yes. <laughs> um, so is that 
and I remember in my first job, and, and we were deadline driven, so we had a daily checklist. The first deadline was at 11 o'clock on Monday morning, and the last one was at 11 o'clock on Friday morning. But there were 72 reports we had to get out in that week. So there was a checklist, and you initialed off. And it was a good way for me to learn how to how to do that. But I guess from a, a management perspective, you know, it's get in, sort emails, check the bank, check, you know, do but have a daily checklist that you do because it refrags your brain and then you you might have you've mitigated any risks or any issues mm. that might have come in that you might mm. you might have sorted from the day before or you might have done from last week. You might go, yep, I'm on top of that, it's still on the list, but it's not critical. And now I need to deal with the tasks at hand, or what, you know, what's more, more important. Mm. But that resilience, or the resilience strategies, and I know, and this is something I've learnt through your AI course, and then um, consequently, well, wow, look at look at what I was already doing, but look how you can do this. And I've, I've had this conversation with staff we've put through the course. Is that right? Where where are you at with your resilience strategies? Yes. And is it you get up half an hour earlier, you have exercise, you eat. Yeah. You have a daily routine and if you if you miss it, it can't be the end of the world, mm. but you know tomorrow right, I'm going to get back to that daily routine so that by the time you hit work, at whatever point in the day it is, you're ready to go. And if, if you get thrown a curveball, you go, oh, yeah, I can deal with that. It's, you know, an old football adage. I love stories. Hey, Stace. <laughs> um, is you can get to the ball quicker when you're on the toe, on you when you're on your toes. So if you stand flat-footed, it takes your time to get going. If you're already moving around, you can get to the next issue more readily. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, in terms of advice, is resilience or building that resilience so you've got, you're fit and healthy. If you're 18, sure as shit, you're going to have a big Saturday night and Monday's going to be a struggle. But if you know for that week, you're right, if I get up and I just, you know, have my coffee, get some decent food into me and get through. Yes. But it's amazing, I think, when you're, some of those things you learn when you have a good time when you're young and yes. you're working is that when it turns to crap and you've got two kids and they're crook and you've got all the issues in the world is that you've got the strategies that'll go, right, I can I can handle this. And I think that's, yeah, really important. Yeah, so, you know, you, you know, in terms of your best advice, yes, looking busy, being busy, but also making sure that when you've had a tough day or when you've had, you know, or when you're preparing to go into the workplace of a Monday morning, make sure you're doing some some things for yourself mm. around feeling good so that you can and and being well so that you can bring your best self mm. to the workplace mm. and make a and make a difference albeit it might be just small and just doing what you're asked yep. to do in a positive way yep. um, but having the, that um, understanding of being able to bounce back when you don't feel great and I think that's a great um, place in our current in our in our current world mm. right now, this today, this week, is that not just the young people, but every oh, person yeah. that's going through, the, 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 I guess, the fear, going through the uncertainty, I'm not sure maybe what's going to happen in the world, both health-wise and, you know, for some business-wise and work-wise. Uh, it's, it's an unknown and uncertain world out there and and making sure that um, you're investing a little bit of time in maybe some deep breathing exercises, mm. maybe some, yes, some um, exercise, yes, doing the um, hygiene that we've been, the, the good sound hygiene practices that we've all been uh, talking about and being educated on over, you know, over the past couple of days and, um, and making sure you're doing something for yourself and for your loved ones so that, 
you know, it's we're not we're feel it's her that we're feeling okay, and mm. we can um, make sure we're being self compassionate and also thinking about other people who are less fortunate mm. than us. So um, I think you've got some. I think you've got some great advice, Ross. Thanks. I do. I think this, you've got some great advice, and I think you'd be a great place to work. Well, if you st- you either stay for two years, you either go in the first two years, or you're there for good. It's, right. It's, 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 so you've got long-term start. employees. Yeah, and it, we just had, um, there was four of us actually went to the last Elton John gig in Australia, but we're all 10, 10 years plus. So it was a real, and right. it's amazing. And I think there's plenty of people in your work, you can be very fortunate to work with some yeah, quality colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but to, it's when you look back here, wow, that's 10 years ago. Ten you, have years, some, that's, that's, you have a lot of laughs. That's pretty good, yeah. yeah. A few tears along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's life, yeah. isn't it? That's people in the workplace looking after one another, laughing together, building relationships, maybe having a few, you know, well, challenges you know what, along the way. You know, that, and it was probably about the you know, best advice is that those colleagues, like I remember um, starting at uni and being told, look after your mates because they're the ones that will be there when it turns to crap, regardless. Mm. But good work colleagues is just as important yeah, because you, you, there's no good taking some stuff home is that if you've got people around you, be positive. Like, don't be the, yeah, the naysayer. Be positive. But if you've got quality work colleagues that share a resilience with you, when it turns to crap, you'll grow as a team. Like, it, it, when you experience adversity, you grow. And I think that's where I looked at our business and we've grown when we've experienced adversity as a business, but we've also grown, I think, in personally or as a business, if a business has personality, when we dealt with adversity together. Yeah, building teams. Building teams. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I think we better better draw a line there, Ross. Ooh. We could go on to, into another, you know, whole podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'll invite you back again. We'll oh, different. No. <laughs> okay, so I'd like to thank you, Ross, for coming thank on you, today Susan. and answering our five questions, amongst other things we've talked about. Um, uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed our podcast today, I really invite you to uh, give us a five-star review uh, on your on your podcasting app. Um, if you would like to follow along on our Dare to Care Facebook page, uh, we'd love to have you and you can send us messages or put comments on there. That would be fabulous. I want to say thank you to Ross Cargill from Men at Work for coming along today uh, and answering our five questions to inform and educate our next generations and all of the people around them that might be listening. Uh, so thank you, Ross. and. Listeners, see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Dare to Care podcast. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or find out more about HR Culture and Dare to Care by going to hrculture.com.au. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 